Please be advised, the following program contains some adult themes and content. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Hi, I'm Jeff Fennick and this is 365 Days of Sport. 365 Days of Sport. Ah, oh, yes, thanks, Jeff. Yes, good evening and welcome to yet another edition of the greatest sports radio show on the planet. 365 days of sport. In the red corner is casual Rob Bryers. What's happening, Beef? Oh, I've just been out watching uh, some of the stand-ups. The stand-ups? Oh, just this, it's an open mic night. Oh, it's a local... Yeah. local I was going to have a go myself, but they didn't have any spots left, so I couldn't go Ooh. on. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, stand-up comedy is yeah, coming yeah. on leaps so, and bounds so, with all uh, new young talent. There was... it was There was so many... 20... They had 20 comedians on. Yeah, okay. so I got there. He's supposed to sign for... It's this silence from seven. I got there about quarter past. It was too late. Right. So, so anyway, so I sat in front and watched for a bit. Okay. My, my Mongrel night, this one. Mongrel night? Yeah, yeah, loads of mongrels. M- munters, loud, loud, like, people talking during the... And so people were having to, like, yell and over at yeah. the performance. And the thing that was actually most off-putting was that there was this guy sitting at the front. He was a bit short of a few quid. Like, oh, okay. I think I actually overheard him having a conversation with someone before the show started, and he had some kind of aneurysm or something and suffered a brain some brain damage okay. as a result of it. So he just wasn't quite all there. And he sat right at the front, and he was laughing so loud and so hard at, like, not very good jokes and, like, lead-up jokes, like just the setup to a joke. And he's laughing oh, real loud. Okay. And he'd go, ah, ha, 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 like that. It was the worst laugh you've ever heard in your life. Right. And it actually was ruining the, like, it would be so off-putting for a performer oh. to have that right in front of you. Even though they're laughing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like fake laughing, Woody, Woody Woodpecker stuff. Like, you wanted to, <laughs> s- s- it, it, you feel bad because, obviously, he's doing it rough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you really wanted to belt him oh, until, or boot him yeah, or something. Yeah, it's a shame. But, well, he's out. Yeah. So there was that. a good thing. There was that. And then um, there was uh, uh, some other young young lads at the, at the back, they came in and they were yeah. a bit rowdy having a few beers and they were a bit sort of oh. well i suppose yeah you're gonna have to deal with it at some stage well that's right you do have to deal with it yeah so that's the thing so i was sitting in the front on the side yeah. and then everyone else in the front left and i was sitting there by myself oh cool so who do you reckon they're picking on oh, <laughs> just, oh casual rob price no, really. no well i was quite happy because this Kid who's the MC, he was he was a kid. He was twenty one. They're all okay. uni students, and he goes, you know, you're, you're all, and and a lot of them are real young. And he goes, goes, geez, mate, you're the oldest one here by like eight years. And I was like, eight years, I'll take that. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, actually, I'm actually twenty years older. Than that. Oh. <laughs> so was, yeah, even though I was getting paid out in front of um everyone, for me it was a compliment. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you can uh, look upon that as uh, as a compliment, Rob. So well, that's good. Well, well, if a 21 year old thinks you're only eight years older than yeah, them, okay, when right. you're actually 20 years older, yeah, the lights are pretty dim though. You said no, yeah, bright no, lights, bright, bright, lights. bright lights. Right. It's just the way. It well, you are very, uh, you are a young looking 41. Ish, almost right. 42. Almost 42. Yeah. Actually, somebody said to me yesterday yeah. that, uh, you know, us, us oldies. Yeah. And uh, she asked me, she said, how old are you? I said, well, I'm 50 nearly. And she went, oh. You're not nearly 50. You're still three well, years away from two, 50. Uh, no, one and a half years away. Two years away. Really? Yeah. Oh, that snuck up. 
<laughs> Thanks, mate. Yeah. It does. It yeah. does sneak up on yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I tell you, I've been away for a week because after the show last week, I was on the 6 a.m. flight and I, yeah, I go course. through till very late. Yeah, Brisbane Venture. Brisbane Venture. The old man's not very well. hasn't been very well. He's, good. he's better now, which is good. good. And I've come back this morning, another early flight. So it's been a long day. Was it this morning? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is mental, right? Mm. I didn't realise. I don't doubt it's going to be mental. Well, this is really weird. Now, tell me, I love, I love mental things. My old man's been sick. My mum doesn't drink coffee, right? Yep. The only coffee they've got in the house yep. is decaf. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember this. Right. I got up Wednesday. Come Friday morning, I'm feeling rough as yeah. hell. Yeah. Like, really rough headaches and all yeah. sorts. And I'm thinking, what is going on? No caffeine. This is it. That's it. Honestly, no caffeine. What was the remedy? Can of Coke. Wow. That's amazing. I How know. much coffee are you drinking? Oh, four or five cups a day. Yeah, it's a, I'm about the same. Like, not huge amounts, and there'll be one or two decafs in there, depending on how I feel. But I've, I've realised, yeah. getting old, I'm clearly addicted to caffeine, and it's clearly well, your, your body is saying damage you. to my head. Yeah. And because I never get headaches. Yep. And yet, two days without caffeine, yep. head banging. Do you get heart palpitations when you? No, have- no, not at all. It's just feeling. Yeah, but you only drink instant coffee too, don't you? You don't. I don't drink, drink espresso, espresso or, and you don't, or yeah. uh, percolator. No, generally instant. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it actually started like really. What's the word? Oh, I was going to say matriculating around my head about. Gee, yeah, this is, uh, because. I started drinking coffee from a quite an early age, probably yep. 10, 11, 12. That is early, yep. So for near enough 40 years, mm. you know, I've had multiple coffees a day, every day. Mm. Well, it's one of the great pleasures. And, and for someone like yourself who can no longer drink, I have to say when I just did my five weeks off recently, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was the highlight of my day. I, uh, I, I, would, yeah. I would almost like going to bed because I'd know that when I wake up in the morning I can have coffee. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so... It, it's weird because people say, I mean, you don't have caffeine after midday because I can't sleep. No, I have a coffee at nine o'clock at night. I do remember it, that, actually. Because it chills me out. Yeah, that's that's definitely mental. Yeah. So that, you're right, Peefy, this news is mental. You've, yeah. you've opened it up with some mentalness. So it was a bit of a dawning yeah. on me that clearly my body is addicted to caffeine. And I wonder, I wouldn't go through, I wouldn't, you know, mm. extend that not having caffeine. Mm-hmm. Because it just, oh, it wasn't, I wasn't well, well. Maybe you've actually got an addictive personality because you you got hooked on those uh, painkillers, didn't you, for a bit there, or the steroids. You were into the steroids. And then, <laughs> and then well, we should do an experiment. Yeah. We'll go, we'll try and find some heroin and we'll get, we'll get you to take some heroin beef okay, right. and we'll see if you get addicted just for, just for a laugh. Just for just, a laugh. Just for a test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See what happens. Yeah, and then Don't cut, cut to a week later, and you're no. you're going to be the quivering guy <laughs> vibrating on the tram, who's just like everyone's with a scabby face, and everyone. Yeah. Don't do drugs, people. Don't do drugs. It's okay. Just uh, it's not a good thing. We wouldn't ever suggest we do that. Well, obviously, I mean, I mean, oh. we're not not seriously suggest it. Oh, that was just throwing it out there. Anchorman, isn't it? What? Where they take they they do uh, heroin on air because they're on the as Anchorman two or something. Um, I think it might be the first one. Not heroin. They, I think they not do, ecstasy or they might or do crack. No, I think they. I can't remember, but I, I, I think I they don't do re- crack. There must be Anchorman two because I've seen on the first live one. on air because they they're in the middle of the night, so they're just doing weird stuff to keep going. There was a New Zealand news reader. Reader, I think his name was Darren Flindell. Okay, I think that's his. No, no, he's a he's a greyhound. Somewhere. He's a greyhound. Da- wow, Darren's. Somewhere. Anyway, 
Darren, if you're listening, thanks anyway, for... Uh, well, he, he did this whole... There was a big expose on him. Uh, he was on yeah. 60 Minutes or whatever. Oh, yeah. And he was just confessing he was a, a massive um, ice addict. Oh, right. And he just... As you do uh, when you're in the news? Yeah, well, and he said several times he was on air and he'd taken so much that he actually was... When he's reading the cue, there was four of them and they're all blending across each other and he was getting such a rush and a high out of reading these auto cues <laughs> that, that, that he, he was doing this on national news and he was getting okay. away with it and he was he was absolutely monged off his head. Okay. Yeah. wonder what Dazzler's doing so, now then. Well, the nothing, nothing. He, he, nothing. Nothing. He said it was all it was all to cover up his insecurity and all this sort of stuff and right. now he doesn't care anymore. He's happy with who he is and, and nice uh, his best friend was the 80-year-old neighbour and I don't think he's an ice actor anymore oh, but he's definitely not a newsreader anymore okay. either. In well, fact, He's vamoosed. He's enjoying his best life. Yeah. Away from the camera. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I just remember uh, my friend saw him in town one night around about this time when he would have been bendering hard. Oh, okay. And he says to him, oh, Darren, how's it going? Oh, look. How you going, mate? You having a big night? And he goes, well, I think that would be the understatement of the century. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was that on K Road? It, it was on, no, it was down the viaduct waterfront Oh, area. down the Oh, yeah. somebody was earning. What? Big night down the viaduct. Are you kidding me? That's where it's like, well, it's just this, oh, this is so stupid. It's posh down there, well, people. It's posh or down nothing there. about New Zealand is posh. Oh, come on, Rob. It's expensive. Come on, Rob. Anyway, happy Tuesday, everybody. You are listening to 365 Days of Sport. It is your weekly dose of non-sports sports news. Mm. Tailored. For satirical means. Yeah, and as you can tell with the sports news, we've talked about Beefy doing a heroin experiment. <laughs> uh, are you into an, uh, the Brisbane Lions match, Beefy? I did go to the Brisbane Lions match. Did you match. enjoy yourself? Um, no, it was no, pretty painstaking no, no, because no, they lost by about 80 points. Oh, yeah, they got thumped by so, uh, the Ds. I've only seen two games in this year. four years, okay. I reckon. I haven't been for three years. Yep. So uh, the two opportunities I've had to go this year, excluding a VFL game, I did go to a VFL game this year, yep. by uh, as well, uh, were Melbourne at, versus Brisbane at the MCG, and then Brisbane versus Melbourne at the Gabba. And both times Brisbane got flogged by about 70 points, or 80 yeah. points, whatever it was. So I, I'm banned. Not allowed to go anymore yeah. for all Brisbane supporters there. Well, yeah, you won't be too phased about that, will you? <laughs> doesn't bother me in the slightest. Yep. Now, I've probably talked about this before, and mm. I, I probably said it after the last time I went to watch, but uh, whether you were here or Tubes is here, I'm not sure. My issue with AFL, and why I can't watch anymore, and I've pinpointed this out to a number of people recently, the field is 18,000. pinpointed it out to a number of oh, people. Number of people. Just, just pointed it out. The field is 15,000. No, pinpoint, because it's, it's deadly right. accurate, it's, Rob. Really. It's deadly accurate. But can you pinpoint something to a, a wide amount of people? Isn't it supposed to be kind of a Singular. Well, I've had discussions with people over the past few days. Yeah. Anyway, field 15 to 18,000 square meters. You don't feel like dissecting the linguistics? I, I could. You, you <laughs> not got, the linguist, uh, yeah. linguistics, but I, I will dissect AFL in general. Let's hear it. 36 players yeah. in less than a quarter of the field. Three quarters of the field, nobody in there. 36? All 36 players. So in there's the, no, no one out back? Yeah. And so where you've got your oval, if you've kind of drawn ellipse mm. and an ellipse on, say, if you're looking at a field from front on, it's a big oval. If you draw an ellipse in the bottom left-hand corner, all the players in that area, and not just once, quite a few times. Yeah, but that's what happens. When I played, that's what happened. You, you push up. You, you push forward, forward pressure. You might have some guy might hang no, out. No, no. Nowadays, Aussie rules. There used to be, when I first started watching it in the mid-90s, Rob. But, but why does this make it so bad? It doesn't... I don't what? actually notice the difference so much. What? Seagulls around the crumbs? The only, like yeah. people running around just... 
But they don't Space, do, Rob. Uh, we want space. We want free flowing space, not flooding and oh, just up and down the field. You need more skillful players that are probably less fit but better skilled. Well, that might have just been that game beef, not nah, all the games. Nah, nah, just nah, been the nah, way nah, you I'm saw not it. having it. Not having it. Plus, Brisbane were rubbish and got. Oh, well, we know that. But that doesn't matter because I've seen this a number of times now. They need to work out a way of stopping 36 players in less than a quarter of the field. Well, I'm sure they were just been choosing to do that strategically on that. No, no, I don't no, know what you're talking about. I, I don't know what you're talking about anyway. Okay. It, it all looks the same to me. Yeah, I still watch would. the game and it basically looks the same. Yeah, they it, kick the goals and they run around. Why? What? Because you see it on TV, right? Yeah, well, it's, I love watching things on TV. I hate watching it at games. <laughs> I know. Three, six, five days of sport made, made me have a phobia of stadiums. Yeah. I don't like going to events anymore. I know. Anyway, yeah. apparently the gosses... Don't like big crowds, beef. The gosses, they're going to trial the person who knocks the ball out. The other team's going to get the ball to kick in. So it'll stop the ball going down the wings at all times. So teams playing territory down the wings and getting stoppages. So all oh, their players going to have a rest around the big rock throw-ins and mm. things. Mm. They reckon they've trialed it in South Australia and they reckon it's worked quite well. Well, good luck with them. Um, it might rekindle my love for AFL, Rob. I, I think I you're just it. too bitter. I think this all stems back to SEN beef. This is what this is about. Chips on the shoulder. Oh, you've now got eight chips word. on your shoulder. Yeah. I saw just... You, didn't you bag someone online again? You bag, Did I? Yeah, you bagged someone on Facebook again. <laughs> Did I? Yeah, someone okay. saying how they're the worst commentator. I think you're talking about Mark oh, Howard. Ian Chappell. Ian Chappell, that was it. You bagged Ian Chappell, and, and then you bagged... It was better than these other clueless idiots I've got nowadays, like Jane Brayshaw yeah. and Mark Howard. Yeah. Is that it? What, what are you hoping Ian to Chappell, achieve? Ian Chappell. For Wait. the last three years has been awful, right? Cannot even string a sentence together. Keeps talking about the 60s, where test cricket today is so different from how it was in the 60s. Well, just let 90- him have his last few years. Yeah, well, he's, he's, he's retired. Put him a big hall. Good. Give him a break. But what I was saying is, even though Ian Chappell is so bad, he's still better than Mark Howard and James Brayshaw, who are unlistenable. I, I don't. Unlistenable, Rob! They're unlistenable! Well, why, why are you... What are you hoping to achieve when you write that on social media? That you've, when I you voice those comments. to open their eyes and open their ears no, and but realize. Do you know what happens? These people. All that happens is someone in one of the important media establishments in Australia yeah. reads it and goes, oh, that's that 365 Days of Sport guy or bagging us out. They might read it and think, I better have a listen to Mark Howard. Oh, yeah. Brayshaw because, I don't yeah, reckon. The blokey stuff. Yeah. And talking about going down the pub and wearing flip flops in the MCG members. Right. No! It's not good. Yeah. The blokey thing's not working anymore, Rob. I want to know about the cricket. Well, I tell you what. Yeah. I have no doubt that like the powers that be, CEOs and, and boards who appoint people positions, they definitely pay attention to social media posts. They do, actually. Yeah, yeah. They really they, do. They, and they'll go by that. Because yeah. you get really brainy people. Yes. regularly i mean just the fact that i mean just to comment on social media is the biggest waste of space here um, altogether you're getting nowhere the the caliber of people that defend mark howard is sums it up to me for me though because right. you're right oh did you get in, in a bit of a verbal brawl did you just get oh, a couple going? of people said oh i love how he yeah yeah Man, how he's great yeah, i like his uh interviews his podcast interviews. yeah i've heard one or two yeah stole our idea rob oh uh, what I'm interviewing joking, people interviewing was our people. idea? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's never. Well, no one's ever heard of that. Nobody's ever heard of interviewing people before. Yeah. Come on, it's just it, your Welshness is just too strong, isn't it? I don't know just, about that. Just bitter. Hey, um, I reckon we should do this early doors because we've got what? to get out the way. What's that? 
to me being woke means being outraged all the time. I also think about what words actually mean. I think to be woke means reaching out and speaking to people along the way and bringing them on and to increase the amount of wokeness in your community. Right. Right. This has made headline news. Yeah. Even outside of Melbourne, Rob. Right. Melbourne private school yes. supports young girl who uh. identifies as a cat. Mm-hmm. Private school in Melbourne supported a young girl's choice to identify as a cat, saying their approach is always unique to the student. The unnamed, phenomenally bright year eight student no longer speaks during school hours after coming out as a cat. Apparently, a parent has reported that the staff take no issue with her identification or behaviour as long as it does not distract her or other students. No one seems to have a protocol for students identifying as animals. Wonder why. Wonder why. But the approach has been that if it doesn't disrupt the school, everyone is being supportive. The school has not confirmed its position but indicated students were presenting with a range of issues from mental health, anxiety or identity issues. Reports are also being circulating that it was a boy who was identifying himself as a dog for a period of time and was being treated by a Melbourne psychologist. Mm -hmm. In March, it was reported that female students at an elite Brisbane private school were walking on all fours and cutting holes in their uniforms for tails because they were identifying as cats Mm. and foxes. Mm -hmm -hmm. They they wouldn't have tails, though, would they? Foxes? No, 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 the the humans that are identifying. Oh, no, the humans wouldn't, yeah. So cutting holes would actually be pointless. They'd just be showing their asses. (laughs) Is that right? When a girl went to sit at a spare desk, another girl screamed at her and said she was sitting on her tail. There's a slit in this child's uniform where the tail apparently is, a concerned parent said. Mm. Binary spokeswoman. I'm not sure what binary is. Well, I know what binary is, but it says binary spokes. Oh, is that no. one zero one 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 yeah, zero? Yeah, 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 yeah. This is to do this with, the, to do with the, new, the new version. Binary, binary spokeswoman Kiralee Smith said the trend is absurd. Yeah, it is beyond comprehension that adults, whether they be parents or school staff, will go along with endorsing a child's mental disturbance in this way. Children are not furry animals, and playing make believe should be reserved for drama classes only. Mm-hmm. Nor. Can they change their sex? That's what it says here, Rob. Mm -hmm. The children caught up in these kinds of affairs need help, not affirmation that their fantasy is real. Because it is not and never will be. Dr. Yamalis Diaz, a clinical assistant professor of psychology at Hessenfield Children's Hospital at New York University, Mm, Mm. said there are four main reasons why a kid may pretend to be an animal. (laughs) Firstly... The child may be trying to avoid something. For instance, meowing instead of answering a question. The Mm -hmm. second reason is they want attention. Third is to get something they want. And finally, the child could be trying to communicate something which is particularly noteworthy in kids who struggle with traditional communication. Mm -hmm. So, Rob, what do you think about a child? Did you say year eight? Year eight. Year eight. So that's 13 years old, basically. That's quite old. That's that's made up their own mind to be a cat. Well, because you have to be just old enough to sort of vaguely understand all this drivel, yep. but still stupid enough to think that it's reasonable to act it out. When I'm doing the research here, there is this phenomenon at the moment, I'm not sure how old the children are, mm. called the furries. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I read that I read, I read. that somewhere along the way too. Where it's, um, like, this is an actual thing that, I mean, the yeah, girls yeah. in Brisbane, well, a boy I mean, wants uh, to be a dog. Well, I think the doctor summed it up as 
pretty clearly there. I mean, well, what teacher, adult teacher, parent is actually considering allowing this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's fine for children to play games and and pretend oh, and all when that you're four? stuff and just go for it, but to, it can only do harm to potential to allow this insanity yeah. to continue in in normal day to day life. You and me, we both went to private schools, right? Yep. If I'm a parent of a uh, a colleague of this person in their class at a private school that I'm paying good money for their education, and these people are letting a 13-year-old girl be a cat in class, mm. I've got to question the validity of private school education, Rob. Well, from, from what I've heard, though, private schools are the ones that are remaining far more vigilant and, and more traditional conservative in their well, policies. Hope, so well, this, this, is, this is actually bucking the trend. That's what that, I'm getting at. Because, because uh, it's, it's more the state schools that have this stuff infiltrated and, and is trickling down yeah, and, yeah. and uh, that are more likely to go along with some uh, of this. We've just seen these three instances of this happening in private schools. Mm-hmm. Is it a, a privileged thing? Like they can kids what that are, are privileged they? can get away with stuff like this? I don't know. I'm throwing it out there. Well, it's just it's it's because it's, it's trendy. It's because people think by embracing these this idea of tolerance. Mm. Oh, it's all about just being tolerant. It's be tolerant. No, know the truth. No, know know what's actually real. It's not not, not about tolerating and, and 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 empathy is not everything. Being reasonable, do a decent analysis. It's like the I, I had a very painful time. I ended up just watching it um, in the end out of interest to see how bad it was going to get. So when they there's a new a reboot of Sex in the City, there was a yeah a new a new like when they're older sort of thing. Well, obviously they're older because oh, right. yeah, finished they twelve years ago. Yeah. It's set in New York, and it's almost like an apology. For their lack of political correctness from the original oh, from the origi- series, oh my word! And they're changing everything. So all of a sudden, one of the main characters turns gay. She's she's going out with like a a non-binary uh, comedian DJ oh, person. Cool. Yeah, one of the kids. The one of the kids all of a sudden lawyer? has a, a yeah 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 because she's because she actually is an executive producer and she's a lesbian in real life. Okay, so she's like, oh, right. it, it makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah, and then there's uh, there's also one of the ladies her daughter wants to be called rock and is starting identifying sort of as a as a rock as a, as a non-binary basically <laughs> no as a boy basically and it's just like oh all of a sudden and and, and they start calling her they and all that sort of oh, stuff God. i shouldn't have said that but uh, i do understand oh it's gonna be laughed at because it, it, it's swing it's gonna swing back because yeah, it, so. it, because sanity has to prevail in uh, the end of the yeah, day. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there's only so far. In fact, that documentary I told you about, that What is a Woman yeah, yeah. one, that's now the most watched documentary in America. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good news. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. So did- I, I don't think this will get very far. I, hope uh, so. I, I think the fact that it's never Rob, written about. You know this. Uh, I know this. Yeah. Common sense is the foundation of my DNA. Yep. Private schools, sort it out! And, and But where are the parents amidst all of this? Well, they're, they're paying the fees. As well. And they've been pretty nameless in the reports I've read. I've not heard anything from no. their parents. I, the- I, re- I reckon there's, there's more to come on this particular one. I want to I want to know more of what's going on. Yeah, I... Well, I hope so. Mm. Because if there's not more to come, I want to know why. It doesn't add up at all. That's right, Rob. Yeah. That's right. Something's missing, I tell you. Something's missing, I tell you. Mm. Well, people, you are listening to 365 Days of with Beefy and Rob. Talking about uh, kids who want to identify a cat. Girls who are boys.
Same old, same old. You? Fifty Shades of Greys. Nice. <laughs> hey, did you hear the news about Bridget? She's making her way around Australia. For reals? Yeah, she's everywhere. Barbecues, footy, even camping. Well, sounds like she's flat out. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to go to Australia. One day, bro. One day. Premium New Zealand beef. Jack Leagues. Beef up your snack life. Hey, I'm John T. Rhodes, and you are listening to 365 Days of Sport. Right, Rob? Yeah. You, you gave us the ultimatum that uh, we're going to give Booney till the end of the month. Was that what I said last week? Or a week before, possibly. Well, I mean, I, I'd just be concerned that if. I mean, what if we end up telling every joke in the book? Well, that was the idea. But anyway, oh. so he's got till. He's got tonight and next week. And then it could be all to like, try and turn it round all of a sudden. Well, how? I mean, I think, I think we might. We just, know which way we it's might running. Just retire the segment, I think. Um, so what we should do is we should give away this book to one of our favourite <laughs> favourite listeners. Yeah. Or actually, somebody who doesn't that hates the show. You can have the book as well. But anyway, <laughs> as a punishment. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What do you reckon, Rob? What do you want? One ninety one golf. Golf. All right. Okay, it's a few golf ones. Yeah, he's got a whole section on golf. Holy moly, Rob! Mm-hmm. The last round was due to begin. But to date, there had been no action. There was a dispute over the pin position at the par 3 7th. The tournament organisers had wanted the flag stationed at the front of the green, right behind the big bunker that guarded the right-hand side. But some of the golfers reckoned that this was just too hard. Why couldn't it go at the back of the green as it has been for the previous three days? The course designer got involved, arguing that if the pin went where they wanted it, it would be almost impossible for the golfers to get their putts close if the winds raged... And then the executive producer from the TV network complained that if the flag was there, his coverage wouldn't be as good as it could be. In the end, the tournament director said, I don't care where you put it, I quit. I'm sick of the whole business. See, I mean, this... All that for a well, rubbish that, pun! That. I mean, it, it may as well be... I'd rather listen to James Joyce wasted on absinthe and opium <laughs> with his stream of consciousness drivel. It's a, it's a, it's a, it would be as probably funnier than that. I'm sure it would it, be. It's just, just how that, abstract and mental it I is. love a good pun, Rob. I love a good pun. That, that wasn't a good pun. That's a bit... Really? Oh, I, I very rarely would I actually... Laugh at a pun. I, I I will say there's a certain amount of wit required to execute a pun. I mean, as much as they're not never funny, right? They're quite hard to do. I, I generally, if I do them, I do them accidentally. Yeah, we know. All right, uh, on this day in sport, because I don't like them, be you're not clever enough, Rob. It's nothing to do. <laughs> it doesn't attract me to. Oh, I don't. Okay. I don't seek it. Okay. Happy birthday, Peter Thompson. Is he still with us? Who's, he would be the Australian golfer. Won about oh, eight yeah. or nine majors, I think. May not be. Majors? No, not I majors. Think, I think he won the British Open five times, Peter Thompson. I could be wrong. Oh, anyway. maybe he was on my list. Happy birthday. Oh, I that question Happy that birthday, time. Peter Thompson. You would have been... Yeah, he was on the list. Because I asked you this question in the quiz that time, yeah, remember? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've right, never heard of him. You've never heard of Peter Thompson. All right. Um, seventy-one ninety-three would be today. Hopefully, Peter, you're still with us and you're listening. Happy birthday, Pete Thompson. Um, who else have we got? British strongman Jeff Capes was world's strongest man. Jeff Capes. 
Looks like me, Rob. Does he? Yeah. In fact, he was one of my heroes, apparently, when I was like between the ages of one Mm. and four. Is that right? Of all the people, he was a doppelganger. He was a shot putter. Mm. Gary Mabbott, England soccer midfielder. It's his birthday today. Happy birthday, Gary. Uh, 61 today, he would be. England test fast bowler, Richard Illingworth. No, Richard Illingworth was a left arm spinner. Richard Illingworth. Yeah, he's a left arm. Ray Illingworth. He was a, yeah, I don't think Ray was a fast bowler either, but Richard Illingworth was a left arm spinner. He's a current international umpire, Richard Illingworth. Oh, yeah, that guy. Happy birthday, Richard, if you're listening. Oh, here's one for you, Rob. American golfer Chris DeMarco. I have never even heard of you, Chris. Sorry, mate. Oh! Friend of the show, happy birthday, Mark Butch Butcher. Oh, nice one. <laughs> 50 today, Butch. Is he only 50? 50 today, Mark Butcher. Jeez, young man. Oh, friend oh, of the show. Yeah, yeah, it was a great chat, Mark um, Butcher. Oh, rest in peace. Kobe Bryant would have been his birthday today. Yes, right. Uh, American super swimmer, Natalie Coughlin. Happy birthday, Natalie. You're 40 today. Is that right? Yep. Uh, English soccer defender Glenn Johnson and NBA point guard Lynn Sanity. Jeremy Lynn. Happy birthday, Jeremy, if you're listening. On this day, 1936, future Hall of Fame pitcher Bob Feller made his first Major League Baseball appearance for the Indians, striking out 15 St. Louis Browns in a 4-1 win in Cleveland. Mm, there mm. you go. Uh, 1938, England batting icon Len Hutton amassed a world record 364 against Australia in the fifth test at the Oval. Record stood for 20 years until Gary Sobers made 365 not out, 958. 1997 on this day, Springbok 5'8", Yanni De Beer scored 26 points, got a try, six conversions, three penalties, save Africa, walloped, Australia 61-22. Right. In 2008, the US captured a 4x400-meter relay Olympic gold medal double at the Beijing Games. Uh, men's and women's won on the same day, apparently. 2009, England retained, or regained the Ashes beat Australia in four days at the Oval, and on this day in 2010, Tiger Woods and Ellen, can't remember her saying, Nordgren? Don't know. Anyway, they got divorced today oh, in wife. 2010, Yep. and in 2012 on this day, seven-time Tour de France winner Lance Armstrong said he wouldn't take the case to arbitration after the US anti-doping agency officially charged him with doping and trafficking drugs and suspending him from competition. So there you go. What a day. August 23rd. Yeah. Is. There's a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff, wasn't it? A lot it? of stuff happened August 23rd. August 23rd. I reckon we should do... This isn't better than the beef, probably. <laughs> what are you laughing at? You- well, I haven't heard that for a while. Let's, you- uh, let's see. Oh, is he gonna? Are you gonna give someone an actual chance this time? Because you keep coming up with ones that are clearly not going to be better. I think only once have I said it's better, isn't it? Ah, uh, a few times. A few times. A few I think. times. Oh, I don't know. All right. It came down to chance of death. I think was what it was. Oh, possibly. Yeah. Mm. Okay. A trio of travellers broke a world record. With a whirlwind trip that took them to all 50 US states in a time of 5 days, 13 hours and 10 minutes. Peter McConville of Austin set out on the journey with friends Pasha Krechatov and Abdullahi Salah of Minneapolis. The men started their trip from Vermont and aimed to take the record from Thomas Cannon and Justin Morris, who visited all 50 states with a time of 5 days, 16 hours, 20 minutes. They started their journey by car before switching to air travel for their journeys to Alaska and Hawaii. Obviously, you can't get to Alaska mm. and Hawaii by car. Yep. I can't even describe what the experience was, not only because we were so tired, but we were seeing so much at once. 
McConville said. But being able to pull it off, honestly, like the best sunrise I've seen, it was amazing. Guinness World Records discontinued its record category for speedy travel in 1996, so as not to encourage speeding Craziness. or reckless driving. Very responsible, Guinness. But McConville and his friends are now listed as speed record holders by the All 50 States Club. Oh, so it's not even... It is a world record, but it's not recognised by Guinness. But but so, do they have to travel at the speed limit then? You've got to be legal, Rob. You've got to be legal. Basically, all they're doing is, is either sleeping or driving. Yeah. And apart from that, they've got a couple of flights to catch. Mm. 50 oh, states in five and a half days. days. I mean, we flew around the world twice in five yeah, days, Rob. Yeah, and I, I think about some of... I mean, that would be arduous if you're basically either in the car or sleeping in the car or driving. Well, if it's three of you, you can rotate. Yeah, 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 but but it's just you have to be in the car the whole time. Yeah, true. I can't imagine they really stop. I mean, I, to get, to it get depends. Gas, I, it. I would imagine if you planned it right, and I would do this perfectly because you know how my air travel is planning. Yeah, you need to get to hubs where you can do four or five states, and in a, you know, in a bit of a two-hour drive, we can just do a big circle, hit the states. And then you fly to the next hub, get four or five or six states in. But you have got to do Alaska and Hawaii in separate uh, separate. Yeah, goes. but that's not a big deal. That's probably the easy part. You're still sitting on a plane. It's really, <laughs> it's the arduous driving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know, Beef, this is a tricky one. Uh, I still oh, I still would just say no, but it's this is a tight one. Okay, all right. Personally, yeah. I'd say no. I said no. Yeah, no, but I, this is, I'm adding my, the, my considerable weight to this yeah. argument. Because... My planning, I planned for three years, Rob. Yeah. And then we had to plan on the road as well. Yeah. Whereas these blokes, I could plan that in two days. Yeah. <laughs> Just putting it out there. You can't see how smug he was when he said that. <laughs> <laughs> he even sort of looked out into the distance as if it's just like is about to just totally dismiss. Yeah, he shrug his shoulders. Or it, it's like all this tension eased out of his body as he said it. <laughs> I'd break that world record tomorrow, Rob. Unbelievable! Just by myself, wouldn't even need any mates. Yeah, I've got any. We'll do this. Oh, that monkey news. Now this is interesting, Rob. Mm. Launceston Thief, this is in Tasmania, Launceston Thief, who scooped coins from a monkey enclosure pond, now at risk of herpes. A monkey enclosure pond. Now, I've been... This is in Tasmania, Launceston. Launceston. In the big park in Launceston, there is an enclosure of macaques. They've twinned a city in Japan, and it's got it's it's sort of uh, sort of mesh wide off or something. It's or... actually big, tall glass fences, like and a moat, so you can't okay. you can't it, get in there at all. Uh, well, you can if you really want to go for it. Yeah, it would be tough. You'd probably do yourself an injury. Yep, uh, and I reckon. I'm going to be honest, if the monkeys really wanted to get out and explore, they probably would work out a way of doing it. But mm-hmm. they're quite happy in their enclosure. They get fed. You know, mm-hmm. they don't have to go travelling around. There's nothing for them to see in Launceston. Mm-hmm. Really? Anyway, so, an intruder who broke into a snow monkey enclosure to scoop coins from a pond could have unwittingly exposed himself to potentially fatal herpes, with authorities urging them to seek immediate medical attention Tasmania's city of Launceston issued a press release following the break-in at the City Park Monkey Enclosure, which houses a population of macaques, established as part of a sister-city relationship with Aikida in Japan. It's popular with tourists and locals who toss coins into the pond. Mayor Albert Van Zetten said the intruder caused damage to an electric fence and stole coins out of the surrounding moat. Unfortunately, Mike, this action has potentially exposed the intruder to herpes B. 
which is carried by the city park monkeys. The virus is not considered a risk to the monkeys and exhibits symptoms similar to that of cold sores in humans. However, it is potentially fatal to humans with more than 30 known deaths recorded worldwide. There has only been one confirmed case of human-to-human transmission now. Mr. Van Zetten said symptoms of viral infection including blistering, pain, numbness, near the infection points, flu-like symptoms including fever, muscle aches, headache and fatigue, respiratory distress, Gosh. encephalitis and neurological dysfunction. Jesus. Wow, don't get this you don't, uh, you don't monkey, want those herpes. monkey herpes. That's, yeah. much worse. That's way worse than the monkey pox. Says uh, the majority of macaques around the world actually carry the virus and there is signage at the Launceston enclosure stating the monkeys on site are infected so uh there you go it's pretty uh, you know this is the you get stuff from monkeys bad stuff aids came from monkeys oh did it yeah so now the sponsor all responsible for this one as well well uh, look it was a it was a risk to jump in this uh pond uh, he must have been was he some homeless pauper? i think so because he's there trying to get coins out yeah. of the uh, out well, of the pond he, i wonder do they have homeless in lawn system i didn't see many when i was down there no, i didn't see any but i didn't really see much of anything though okay there. there wasn't much happening really no it'd be a weird thing being a homeless in a small town because you'd be like pretty much the only one. Everyone know who you are. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that's that. I mean, homeless Ralph. Just by the monkey enclosure, there is a coffee shop. Perhaps he just wanted. He was desperate for coffee. Perhaps he had caffeine withdrawals like me. Was just desperate. Not impossible, beef, but no. unlikely. <laughs> Not imp- um, I'm pretty sure he just wanted to. He wanted some money. Let's I think he just wanted some money, beef. Yeah. But uh, steer clear of those monkey herpes. Steer clear of the monkey. What? Just don't do anything with monkeys. <laughs> yeah, just don't. Don't. Just don't. Don't. Just ha- don't. Don't have sexual intercourse. Oh, come on, Rob. Know, like, well, that's where AIDS came from. Yeah, well, we don't need to know about that in depth, do we? So we played the first song that came to his head. It just so happened to be. It was the worst song in the world. It was the worst song in the world. Listen to the song and it's clear of mine. Because the words don't fit and the song is shit. You're a talentless found this today rob yep just looking for something else as i do this is called something outside of this, the, the box. guy the guy's called joshua blinkhorn yeah and this is live this is a live version of the rocket the snooker song okay his next song's about snooker <laughs> ronnie Sullivan uh, lost the world championships this year which was travesty travesty what happened ground down by a B-rate player like Mark Selby. This is called the Snooker Davis was quite boring, but my word, he built some breaks. Trump can be so reckless with those shots of younger takes. There is no match for the action of the cure of Ding Jong But the rocket Ronnie O'Sullivan is the only one for me. Evan takes his time and wears his heart upon his sleeve. When Henry be white in the crucible, for Jimmy I did believe. Henry capped a famous comeback when he clinched the final frame. Still the rocket Ronnie O'Sullivan is the finest in the game. Higgins was tremendous, for he was always drunk. Taylor was impressive when he mustered all his stuff. Williams will pot anything with precision that he wields. Still O'Sullivan, like a scarecrow, is outstanding in his field. 
This is the late Paul Hunter, he sadly passed away. It's true beyond all doubt, he was a marvel in his day. But the finest day in snooker was his record breaking maximum. It's the rocket Ronnie O'Sullivan, yellow, green, brown, blue, pink, black, girl. Straight to the heart. Much to his peers' annoyance, he strides around the maze with that virtuosic voice. What an autobiography, a truly cracking read. It's the rocking Ronnie O'Sullivan, always guaranteed to please. I heard a vicious rumor that the rocket was the jack, but then he won the masters and he shat all over that. There are many tools in snooker, they are failing to add fox. The rocket Ronnie O'Sullivan, he's the sharpest in the box. There's angles, McManus, and the wizard of Wishore. The thunder from down under, Marco Fu, and many more. Such as Carter, Selby, Dot, on Fire, Maguire, and Davis Joe. There's King and Ding and Virgo, and that little Yang Wembo. <laughs> well, Hamilton and Price will never ever fly so high. City Steve and Lee will wait 11 years to try. They'll line up one by one, one by one is how they'll fall. For the rocket Ronnie O'Sullivan is superior to them all. That's right, the rocket Ronnie O'Sullivan is superior to them all. There you go, Rob. That's a good one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's that's how you that's how you do it. It's it's, it was the right tone. Yeah. The right just sort of fun, um, light, lighthearted, kept it simple, lo- just acoustic and bass. Yeah. You know, just don't overdo it. A couple of the crowd were joining in. They knew the words. Yeah, but it just just a good old school folk approach. He is so, a bit of a one man band in a pub there. Yeah. Probably in Sheffield. Could be in Sheffield with the World Championships is on. He probably gets a few gigs when the. Uh... So was it, uh, when did when is that from? It's actually a few years old, actually. Yeah, it's, yeah, I yeah. think uh, probably five years old. Okay. But um, uh, loving a bit of uh, the snooker song, the rocket. Good stuff. Yeah. No. 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 Could, no, could, no we're not knocking it. No. But knocking it's on good that to know whatsoever. it's out there. Yeah. Because I think didn't we do? Was it a Judd Trump song or something? I'd have to have a look. What? I think we've done another. Judd Trump. Yeah, or... Who the hell's that? Another snooker he's song. He's a snooker player, yeah. Uh, that was dedicated to one player. Somebody had done a similar type deal, but... Don't recall. Uh, okay. You should remember Don't, these no, things. Yeah, well, no, normally, only... a lot of them I do, but that, yeah, yeah. Uh, that doesn't ring any bells. Okay. This is t- show 261, so mm. uh, it's not surprising. Really? I, I, I like seeing a different approach for a pub entertainer to do a snooker song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, good solid effort, that. At no point was I embarrassed for him. No, yeah. I think the crowd were having a great time as well, yeah. which is uh, that's all you can ask for, isn't it? Warms the cockles, beef. <laughs> Warms the cockles, indeed. Hey, did you hear about Kevin? No. He's in Australia too. Spreading himself a bit thin. Yeah, everyone wants a slice of Kevin. Premium New Zealand beef. Jack Leagues, beef up your snack life. Hi, I'm Ronnie O'Sullivan, and this is 365 Days of Sport. <laughs> You twat. 
vegan news, Rob. Yeah. We haven't done vegan news for a while. It's been a while. I wonder if it's going to get to a point where no one cares anymore. What, 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 what in life, generally? No, about ve- about nobody about, cares. Well, what I mean that everyone's just accepting of, of, of... Vegans are accepting of meat eaters and meat eaters are accepting of vegans. No. No. I can tell you now, vegans will never be accepting <laughs> of meat eaters. No. Nah. And I can tell you why. Why? Animal rights activists have demanded that the famous pork pie roundabout in Leicester be renamed in order to promote a healthier lifestyle. The roundabout was named after the pork pie library that is situated next to it. It was given the name due to its resemblance to the meaty treat when viewed from above. But people for the ethical treatment of animals, that's Peter Mm -hmm. across the board, Mm -hmm. has insisted, Rob, insisted the name should be changed to the Vegan Pie Roundabout so that it would inspire healthier food choices. They believe it would also send a signal that any animal suffering which goes into making pork pies and other meat treats is simply unacceptable. Peter says the name would also be relevant to local history as they claim that the term vegan was invented in Leicester. Senior campaigns manager Kate Werner says, This timely name change would inspire healthier food choices that help the environment, celebrate Leicester's heritage and prevent animal suffering. In an attempt to woo locals, she added, Peter would be happy to offer a bountiful supply of delicious vegan pies to the local community to celebrate the name change. Leicester Mayor Peter Salisbury called Peter's suggestion a funny and quite clever way of drawing attention to themselves. There is no way we can change the name people have given to the library and the roundabout next to it. It has been known locally as the Pork Pie Library since it was built in the 30s, thanks to its distinctive circular shape. Any talk of changing its name is just pie in the sky. Pork pies. Pork pies in the skies. Yeah. Oh, well, that's just stupid. <laughs> Why don't you bugger off? What about people just want to impose this, their moral posturing on people all the time? It doesn't do anything. It's not better. No, no. It's it not wiser. It upsets if people want to eat pork pies, they can eat pork pies. Yeah. It's their choice. It is their choice. You don't need to just force this supposed better way of being all the time on someone. Mm. Leave old pork pie roundabout library alone. That's right, Rob. Leave it's, it alone. It sounds better. I don't want to go around vegan roundabout. <laughs> vegan, vegan. Yeah, we're just nipping up vegan roundabout. Yeah. What are you going to do, commit suicide? Uh, no. Now, a jersey worn by Michael Jordan during the 1998 NBA Finals mm-hmm. as the Chicago Bulls defeated Utah Jazz. Utah Jazz! Mm-hmm. Uh, in six games, is set to be auctioned next month and is expected to be one of the most expensive pieces of sports memorabilia in history. It's unbelievable. Be- unbelievable. So, tonight, we're going to do some sports stuff, Rob. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, here's tonight's top ten. Oh, I got a live one here. Here it is, Rob. Yep. The 10 most expensive pieces of sports memorabilia. I think I was going to find this annoying. Why? Because there's always so pointless and stupid that people pay that much money for these mm. things. Sorry. All right, number 10. Daniel... I wasn't having to go at you no, no, personally. I'm just, no, I'm, I, I was bringing this to the party and you're just upset. Well, if you've done I, nothing I, wrong, don't apologise. I'm just worried for your mental well-being, Rob. 
Right. Daniel Lucius Adams is one of the key founders of baseball, and the document he wrote outlining the laws of the sport sold for £2.6 million pounds at a 2016 auction. Adams penned the rules when he was president of the New York Knicks in 1857. The document was used by 14 New York-based baseball teams to ultimately land on a general set of rules for the sport. That's number 10. Yep. Number 9. James Naismith's Rules of Basketball from 1891. The 13 Rules of Basketball documents sold for £3.5 million in 2010. Documents viewed as one of the most important manuscripts in basketball's history, after Naismith wrote the guidelines as he invented basketball in the winter of 1891. The 119-year-old document outlines the 13 rules Naismith came up with while working as a physical education instructor at the Christian Association in order to create a new indoor sport for his class. Proceeds of the sale were donated to the Naismith Basketball Foundation. Number eight, Babe Ruth's 1920 jersey. Ruth's aura and fame across baseball means he's on this list because his 1920 shirt was sold for £3.6 million. Uh, the piece reportedly is housed in one of Leyland.com's clients, whoever they are, after the memorabilia company purchased the jersey. The shirt was worn by Ruth during his first season with the New York Yankees in 1920 after he left the Boston Red Sox. It was on display at the Babe Ruth Birthplace Museum in Baltimore before it was sold in 2012. Number seven, a Topps Mickey Mantle 1952 baseball card sold for £4.2 million in January 2021 and originally set the record for the most expensive sports card at the time. Former, well, What do you do with that card? Yeah, exactly. It just sits there. It's a card. The former New York Yankee star was a triple crown winner in 1956, a three-time American League MVP and seven-time World Series champion. Now, number six, the Upper Deck LeBron James rookie card from the 03-04 Upper Deck Exquisite Collection set the record for the most expensive basketball card when it sold for £4.2 million in April 2021. There are only 23 copies of the card, which reflects James's famous jersey number. The rookie card was number seven of the 23 and was sold via a private sale. Well, at least he wasn't wearing a BLM t-shirt. Apparently, I think LeBron James has got three of those cards as well tucked away oh, cause, so he's yeah, got uh, he what? needs him he does need it. he yeah, needs yeah. that extra yeah. 15 million dollars doesn't he because mm. considering he's just signed a massive new deal this week as well number five this would get you rob going just this week the clubs tiger woods used to complete the iconic tiger slam have just been sold for 4.2 million pounds two decades after the historic achievement woods used the same clubs for the four successive major victories that compile the tiger slam the 2000 us open open championship pga championship and the 2001 masters he then switched to a new set seven weeks after claiming his second green jacket mm. 4.2 million would you would your game improve if you got Tiger Woods' clubs? No, because they're right-handed. They're right-handed, that's yeah. right. Apparently, um, he was using a 58-degree wedge, but he used to bend the... He used to get the club head changed or uh, tilted a little bit, so it only went at 56 degrees. But he specifically wanted the 58-degree one, but it had to have like an onset change of angle, which is a bit weird. Really? Yeah. Interesting. That's how they can prove uh, that they were his, apparently. Yeah. Well, Tiger Woods is, um, he's awesome. So, oh, thanks, Rob. So that, thanks for that. that, that, that thanks that, for weighing that in on one, that debate. Um, that one's, 
Okay. Okay. Number four, legendary baseball star Babe Ruth again had another jersey sold for £4.4 million at an auction in New York in 2019. The shirt was won by Ruth for three seasons. What, the same shirt? As he became one of the greatest players in history, winning seven World Series titles across his 22-year career. Number three, in August 2021, a T206 Honus Wagner baseball card sold for £5.4 million to break the previous record for the highest-selling sports card in history. The card portrays Pittsburgh Pirates baseball player Wagner who is considered one of the best baseball players of all time. The card was made by the American Tobacco Company from 1909 to 1911, but Wagner stopped stopped the production of the card, which meant there were only a very minimal number of cards distributed to the public, and thus its scarcity contributes to its value. (laughs) Number two. The original copy of Pierre de Coubertin's 1892 speech, in which he revealed his vision for a modern version of the Olympics. That's right, Rob. £7 million it went for in December 2019. The 14-page document set the world record for an auction fee for a sports memorabilia at the time of its sale. Coubertin originally delivered the famous speech in front of a large crowd at the Sorbonne to celebrate the fifth anniversary of the French Athletics Association. Two years after the speech, Coubertin founded the IOC and the modern Olympic Games launched in Athens in 1896. Mm. Now, number one on this top ten. It's going to be, I'm going to guess, it's, it's going to be football. It is football. It's only just gone to auction a month ago. It's going to be um, David Beckham's If somebody's something. paying more than £7 million for anything to do with David Beckham, they need shooting. <laughs> Think iconic footballers. Um, Pelé. Next one. Um, you love him, Ronaldo. Oh, old um, Argentinian, uh, the great man. They just died. He just died. That's right, Diego Maradona. Which added to the value of this. Okay. In May this year, Diego Maradona's shirt worn during his performance against England in the 1986 World Cup quarterfinal was sold at an auction for 7.1 million pounds to an unknown or anonymous bidder. Mm. The shirt, which the Argentine wore as he scored the infamous brace, including the hand of God and the goal dubbed the goal of the century, as he dribbled past six, yes, Rob, six England players before rounding Peter Shilton and rolling the ball into the net. The shirt was sold by former Nottingham Forest defender Steve Hodge, who had swapped jerseys with Maradona at full time in the match. Crikey, Dick. Yes. Uh, Well, good stuff. Good list there. Well, Steve Hodge as well was the guy that, um, the hand of God goal, he tried to clear it and cleared it backwards, and Maradona jumped up in the air off the Steve Hodge clearance and punched it in. So Steve Hodge did have a reason for national embarrassment, but he is now (laughs) £7.1 million richer. Good work. Hey, do you know what I've got to mention? What did you today? forget to mention? So when I was at the open mic, oh yes, this bloke started. His whole bit was he's telling a story about yeah. the Spanish basketball team. I think that, oh, that, that went in the, the Paralympics, Sy- the Sydney Olympics. The Sy- claimed the, the, they were claimed they were Paralympians, and they actually weren't. They were able-bodied, completely fine. Well, and, okay. Well, well no, let's, go, let's well, go they back weren't. They weren't proper disabled enough, or something, or men- mentally handicapped. That's the thing. Mm. After the 2000 Sydney Olympics. Or was it Barcelona? Anyway, I can't remember. One of the Olympics, Paralympics, there was a category for intellectually challenged That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But Spain wanted a win, so they just brought in nine out of their 12 were fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Three of them, fair credit, 
Three mm. of them did have some issues. Yeah, and and the thing was the, the joke that he made, which I thought was actually quite funny. Well, I think he said ten out are of we, twelve. Are we able to get away with that, this? On yeah, air, Rob? I think so because okay. he said um, obviously the two people that were properly mentally challenged, they wouldn't have been able to tell. Well, hopefully that the others weren't. Uh, okay, right. See Possibly. what I mean? Yeah. So that was one of the one of the, yeah. the many uh, plights. Yes. To deal with. There are many plights to deal with. Yeah. Um, they got rid of the intellectually challenged category in the Paralympics after right. that, by the way. Okay. Realistically, you can't prove it. No. You can, if you were going to go down that road and you mm. were playing a win and doing whatever it takes, I'm, I guess you can play dumb. See, how quickly was that overturned and yet how much time have they taken to, to not allow trans men to go yeah. and play in the in It was, I think, because I think somebody blew it. I think there was a whistleblower inside the squad. Right. Or it came out by accident. Anyway, I don't know. I should know the. I should know why, Rob. Yeah, I do know the story. But the point is, he brought it up on stage. Goes, does anyone know about this? And I was like, Yeah, I know about it. Oh, yeah, 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 I yeah. know. I've got this far-reaching radio show. Yeah. We talk about sport every now and again. <laughs> yeah. So uh, in terms of that, it was. Uh, there, I think there are some sort of intellectual disability sports, but I don't think that basketball is one of them anymore. Mm. That's an interesting point. I think the Paralympics is more physical disabilities than anything else. Oh, but I, I don't know. I can't remember. Doesn't matter. Doesn't I don't know matter. how they do with that grading stuff. It's got to be quite it, a complex it, process. It is unbelievably confusing. Yeah. All that S2 and T34 and all that. It's, mm. yeah, I don't know how they do it. I also forgot to mention I won the horses on Saturday. Oh, finally. Yeah. Finally. Been a while. We'll go to see the good horses come back and now. Oh, are they? Okay. Anamo won the Wink Stakes. You didn't see it? Oh, Very Elegant was running in France. Oh, you had a go? I don't know. We'll have to look we'll up. Look it this, up. There is news about it. Right. And I, I thought you would know, but clearly you're not. Anyway. Oh, I should have checked anyway, it out. Anyway, it doesn't matter. We will look it up in the break because all your people on the edge of their seats about the Very Elegant news from France. Oh, I am. Hey, bro. If we were on a desert island and there wasn't any grass. No grass? Would you eat me to survive? Oh, bro, who'd eat a cow? Premium New Zealand beef. Jack Leagues, beef up your snack life. Hey, this is Toddy Goldsmith, and you're listening to 365 Days of Sport. Titan! Zap! I can't remember any others. Blaze. Blaze. Laser. Laser. And gold. Gold. That was the other one. Can't remember any others, but... Yes, people, it's time for Sporting Gladiators. It's time for the sports quiz. It's killed every other sports quiz in existence to death. It's a great quiz. We ask each other sports trivia questions, three each. They have a maximum possibility of scoring five. You're a genuine chance of 15 tonight. Again, you've gone easy on me the last couple of weeks. I don't know what's going on. Although you romped home last week. I got like five. Yeah, I thought I won anyway, last week. Yeah, what are you talking yeah, about? The week. Anyway, um, so in terms of that, we ask each other three sporting trivia questions. There are a maximum of five points per question. So the winner will get the most questions right out of 15. Yep. Are you ready for this, Rob? I'm ready. Okay, I'm going to start you off with an easy one. Good. Seven. New Zealand test cricketers have surnames that begin with a letter V. Name any five of those seven. Uh, Dale Vittori. Yes, he's number one. Phil Vaughan. No, there's no Phil Vaughan. Oh, uh, Robert Vance. Robert Vance played four tests. There is a Vaughan. Well, I kind of gave it away that it was no Phil Vaughan. 
So there's Michael Vaughan as the Englishman. He played for England. Matthew Vaughan. No, oh. not Matthew Vaughan. I'm going to have to give that one away. Van, 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 Scott Van Bank. No, I'm just kidding. That's, my, that's our old uh, school teacher. Oh, right. Uh, I, I can remember the V. I've got Robert Vance. I've got David Torrey. I've got two wrong. I get one more. Yep. David Vaughan, ABC, Michael, Matthew, David. Why can I not remember his name? He I played got, six tests between 1992 and 1997. You're missing one obvious one. One obvious What You're... It's not that obvious, Beefy. Oh, it is. Very, oh, I can't keep going on like this forever, Beef. Daniel Vaughan, Robert... Robert Vaughan. Robert Vance. Oh, it's Robert Vance. Oh, this is ridiculous. Willie Watson. Who's the other V? Val Kilmer. <laughs> I'm going to go for the Vaughan one, and I'm going to say his name is Paul Vaughan. Justin Vaughan. Justin Vaughan. He played for Auckland. Oh, did he? Yes. All right. For years. All right. There's a nine tests in 2012. Kruger Van Wick. Who the hell's that? He played nine tests for New Zealand. Kruger, Kruger Van, Van Wick. Vank. Yeah. In 2012. I've never heard of him ever. Not nine tests. That's ridiculous. You got Robert Vance. We worked through Justin Vaughan. You said Danny Vittori. Then there was Gif Vivian from the 1930s. Don't worry about him. that one. Graham Vivian. Graham Vivian. In the 60s and 70s. And then the so his son Luke Vivian was my age. I think I played oh, against okay. him. All right. Okay. And the one you probably should have got opening batter got banned for match fixing. Opening batter got banned for match fixing. Played twenty three tests. Was a very good player. What? Dirty Lou Vincent. Lou Vincent. <laughs> oh, I forgot about him. Yes. Fair enough though. So I only got two there, beef. You did only get two. Oh, that was wasn't so easy at all. No. Okay, for the beef stock. Yes. In, the, in the current Newport squad. Oh, God, yeah. Simply name five players who are Welsh. It's tough for our squad. There's a lot of kids. There's eight. There's eight, is there? Yeah. Lewis Collins. Yes. Okay, I'm going to put Lewis Tramley there. Is he not, has he been loaned out? Not He's there. a kid. Yeah. All right, so there's uh, um, Bowen. Yeah. Mark Bowen, is it? No. Scott Bowen. Actually, I want to need the full name. Oh, but if I'm not I wasn't allowed Daniel Vaughan. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Oh, there's Aaron Lewis. Yep. Yep. There'll be a load of the academy, <laughs> which I wouldn't know. They would have hardly ever played. That was in a separate list, though. Oh, think. was it? Yeah, we get. We have to promote three a year or something. So it'll be those three. I thought this might be a tricky one. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. Is it not Mark Bowen? Scott Bowen. I'll have to give this away as well. I can't think of any. Oh, yeah, I don't know. The kids are. Two as well for the beef. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Hope it with that. Yeah, go on then. Sam Bowen. Sam Bowen, okay. James Waite. Ah, oh, yes. And the other one will be. Plays on the wing. Is it. Um, Williams? No. Du- no. no. Du- no du- oh, it's a first Evans. name. There's Will, will, will Evans. Evans. Will Evans. Yeah, yeah. yeah, James Waite. Uh, Aaron Lewis, you got. And Lewis Collins, you got. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Harrison Bright. Yeah, one of the kids, yeah. Will Evans. Jack Carradigan. Carradigan. And Evan Oven, Ovendale. Oh, Evan Ovendale, yeah. They're, they're, they're academy kids. That are, we have to promote three years, so that's... Uh, yeah! All right. To all. Canada has nine 
major league teams playing in North American leagues yeah. across so American football, baseball, ice hockey, and basketball. Ah, yep. So out of those four leagues, yep. Canada's got nine teams. Yeah, okay. All right. Toronto Blue Jays. Toronto Blue Jays is definitely one. Toronto Raptors. Toronto Raptors, yes. Good guess, like it. We saw that. We did see him in Atlanta. I That's probably going to be the end of it. The Vancouver Vikings. <laughs> no, not the Vancouver Vikings. What other teams would it be? Would it be uh, Montreal something or... There's a lot of ice hockey teams, I can tell you, because most of them, yeah. Yeah, yeah, So that's where it's going to screw me, because I don't know that. Um, You should should know one of them. Oh, the Mighty Ducks. (laughs) That's in Los Angeles. Anaheim. Should know one of them. Why? Worst song in the world from very early on. I'm not going to remember that. Okay. Montreal Falcons. The Falcons of Montreal. Nope. I had the Vancouver Vikings, and I had the... I'll go for the... The Ottawa Rage. <laughs> that, that would be a great, great name. name. They're the Ottawa Senators. Ah, uh, Senators. Yeah. Uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, ice hockey. Ice hockey, right. Um, Vancouver Canucks. Canucks, well, no, that's hard. No. Calgary Flames. Ah, uh, Calgary Flames, yeah, that sounds good. We did them. Yeah. Edmonton Oilers, Winnipeg Jets, and then the Montreal Canadiens. Right. So another two. Another two. Yeah. You're going to kill me on the last one. Oh, I could, uh, so I could end up with four here, Beef. Um, yeah, sorry. Although, All I don't right. know. You might get five. AFL season's over. Is it? Who finished top five? Geelong. Yep. I think Collingwood ended up sneaking in the top four last game of the season, didn't they? You tell me. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Melbourne, because they beat Brisbane. Yep. The Demons. All right, so that's. I think they finished second in the end. So third... And fifth, <laughs> the Fremantle Dockers. I think they came fifth. Fifth. Okay. So who am I missing? Third. Sydney Swans. Yes, he got him. I didn't think you'd get that. Yeah, I didn't think I'd get it either. Now I'm in trouble. And i got yeah. the hard one to come, apparently. New Zealand won the 2008 Rugby League World Cup. Beat Australia oh. 34-20 in the final. Name any five of the 17 players. 2008 Rugby World Cup. Rugby League World Cup. Yeah. World Champions, Rob. They were world champions. Okay. Because I actually did watch the game. 34-20 is a bit of a flogging in Rugby League. Mm. Especially the final was in Australia as well. Now, I think he'd gone by then. I don't... There was... What's his name? Shane... Shane Carter? No, I can't see a Shane Carter. Sorry, Rob. I'm sure he would have retired by then. Stacey Jones? No Stacey Jones, sorry. Yeah. Let's go for... Uh, there was someone who kept playing for ages. Like Quinton Pongy or something. Oh, who was the guy who played for the Raiders? The big unit. I know who you're talking about. You know, Ruben Wiki. Ruben Wiki. <laughs> He's not in there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know anyone. I think Quinton... I'm going to say Quinton Pongier. I think his son might have been in there. <laughs> no, there's nah. no Pongiers. Is that guy's name Shane something? Yeah, no, this is not very good Five at all. Five out of the seven backs are from the Warriors, which is quite amazing. This is all past my era of watching yeah. League. I'd That's stopped, why I thought it'd be a bit tough. I stopped watching entirely. Steve Kearney. He was the coach. I'll give you that. 
<laughs> and so we're just gonna finish with Daniel Luau. I just made that There's name up. Thomas Luelai. Luelai is pretty close. Yeah. I'm gonna be honest with you. I I wouldn't even know. I didn't even know he was a Kiwi. Benji Marshall. Benji Marshall. Anyway, no, this, that's probably the only one I should have got. This is the t- yeah, same as me. I would have, I w- and I didn't even know he played for New Zealand. Yeah, I think he's played for Australia as well. Can't anyway, it doesn't matter. Lance Hohaya oh, was fullback. Him. Sam yeah. Perrett on the wing. Simon Mannering in the centre. Jerome Rapati must be related to the old T. Yeah, I was going to go for um, Manu Vatavai oh, on remember, the wing. I meant that name. I remember Benji Marshall, yeah. Nathan Fine, Nathan Kalis was the captain. Nathan Parramatta. Kalis. Thomas Luolai, Adam Blair, I think he played for Melbourne, David Fatalogo, Bronson Harrison, Jeremy Smith, Isaac Luke, Greg Eastwood, Sam Rapira, and Sikamanu. Mm. Yeah, it's a tough no, one. I, I could have maybe got uh, Kalis was the only other name. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have got I think when I was thinking of Quinton Pongi, I was picturing him. Nathan, he was a big, tall, Yeah, Parramatta, because yeah. they, they played in the grand final round then, I think. Oh, as well. And I think he was captain. Yeah. Where was I? I was here. I couldn't have even told you there was a World Cup in 2008. I, I, I actually watched the game. <laughs> That's the thing. I, I just moved here. Stephen well, Kearney's Kiwi Army. Righto. Top five. He's currently top five in the F1. The drivers. Yes. Max Verstappen must be number one. Yep. I would suggest Lewis Hamilton must be in the top five. He's not. He's not in the top five. No. I didn't even think about that when I wrote it down, but okay. he's not. Who's uh, George Russell's his mate, isn't it? He? He's in the same team, so he'll be there. Yeah, fourth. Charles Leclerc, is he in the top five? Keeps crashing. Yep, second. Yep. Oh, what's Red Bull's teammate? Um, uh, Checo, what's he called? Perez. Is he called Perez? Yeah. Yeah, he's third. Yeah. Uh, no, no first name, though. Starts with this. Oh, they, he's Sergio, but they call him Checo. Okay. Yeah. And the last one in the top five will be... Who's the other Ferrari dude? Carlos Sainz. No, uh, Carl- is, that, is that how you pronounce his name? Sainz. S-A-I-N-Z. Why have I got J-A-I-N-Z? No, Junior? It's, a, it's an S. It's Carlos. An S. Oh, here's Carlos Sainz Jr. His dad was a rally driver. Okay. Carlos Sainz, yeah. I've written a J there. <laughs> it's a squiggle, Rob. You're doing it on the run. Right, well, you got five, four. Four, four I got. Four. I thought Hamilton, he's six, yeah. Four, nine, eleven to four. Five, four and a half with Stephen Kearney. Stephen Kearney wasn't in the team. <laughs> he wasn't in the team. He could have, he probably could have done the job, but they won anyway, so. All right. There you well, go. Well, you're going to cop it next week for that beef. Yeah, well, you've gone easy on me the last couple of weeks. It's been astounding. Well, uh, not really. I won not last really. week. Yeah. And then I get the Newport County ones wrong anyway. Yeah. It's a tough one, that, because... Uh, yeah, um, it was a good one. I thought that's yeah. why I put it in. I thought it was nah, a good one. I like that. Yeah. All right. This, I like this Most story. people can't remember their team's jer- jumper sponsor for <laughs> five years in a row. Now, I can tell you from about 19... 19- 84. I was going to try and go the other end and start from the 70s and go from there. We only just Adidas and. uh, Oh, Adidas were even a sponsor. Oh, the uh, shirt suppliers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's some weird ones in the late 80s when we had no money. Right. Yeah. Um, Restaurant customers are one of two people the people who love being sung happy birthday to, or the people who absolutely despise it. Finding new embarrassment for the singing extravaganza. 
The shoe was quickly turned on the other foot for waitress Amy Carroll, who was left mortified after she sang happy birthday to a customer's family member who had recently died. Oh, no. She initially overheard a table mentioning a birthday Mm. and took it upon herself to prep the celebrations. Amy described that it was the most embarrassing moment of her life so far. She explained, I was serving this table. They were sat down. It was a really nice family. A mum, her older kids, and I'm guessing their partners. Another waitress was talking to them. I heard them mention that they're out for someone's birthday, but I didn't hear whose birthday it was. Amy described then how she kept the small detail in the back of her mind due to the popular tradition of where restaurants sing happy birthday to their customers. I've done it before for people and I just bring out a singular scoop of ice cream and put a candle in it. Then I get people to sing. So that's what I did. I got it all organized and not only for me, but four other waiters joined me as well. We went down and sung happy birthday and I didn't know whose birthday it was, but you can usually tell as everyone starts singing and the person whose birthday it is is all embarrassed. Mm. So we're all singing, it was very enthusiastic, and we were really going for it. But in a shocking turn of events, I noticed the initial celebratory reaction wasn't one to be expected. I kind of noticed that everyone was singing and not directing it at one person, which is a bit weird. And I get this feeling, the wash of heat that runs over you when you know you've done something wrong. Mm. The waitress who was talking to him earlier said to me, it's actually really, really sad as the lady's husband passed away in April. So I continued to sing happy birthday and realized at this point, when we're coming to the last round of happy birthday, that I'm singing to this lady's dead husband. Right. Whose birthday it is today. Talk about your old time backfires. Yeah. At this point, I'm profusely sweating and definitely luminously red. They all look up at the ceiling and say, happy birthday, dad. Describing a rather shock, Amy explained how she sprinted away, but with the nature of a waitressing job, she wasn't allowed to get up and leave. I couldn't avoid them as they were my table, so I had to go back and they were all like, oh, that was so lovely. Dad would have loved it. I sang to a family's dead dad. Mm. It's not like he died ages ago either. It was two months ago. (laughs) So if you ever think you've embarrassed yourself, you haven't embarrassed yourself that much. I was very embarrassed. Uh, but he didn't say what the reaction was from the uh, family, they, though. I think they just kind of accepted it, and yeah. they were out to celebrate the dead yeah, dad's yeah, birthday. Yeah. But it's she, the way that one went. She didn't mean anything by it. She wasn't taking the piss. It was all good-natured. Well, she wasn't well taking the piss. Oh, fuck, yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday, dead dad! No, she didn't do that, Rob. Yeah, well, sometimes initiative fails. Sometimes initiative fails. Very, very true. Yeah, yeah, don't assume that you're on the front foot doing the right thing without getting all the information beef. Yes. That's that's almost a a sort of trope you might find in a situation comedy episode where the people mishears the the information gets the wrong. That's a Seinfeld episode, that is, isn't it? Well, well, it could be a bit many. I mean, it's a very common trope and is, is... when someone hears something and they hear it wrong and then, then they go about some sort of behaviour, believing something which is the wrong information yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but unfortunately, in real life, not so funny. Yes. All right. Uh, NFL starts in a couple of weeks, so I'm excited. The preseason's going on. But Who's news- your team these days? Miami Dolphins. What, 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 Miami what, what, Dolphins yeah. since 1980, Rob. 42, oh, I didn't know that. 42 years I'm a Dolphins I had no fan. idea. Why did you choose them? Uh, we went on holiday to Miami in 1980. As like, a family? As a family, yeah. So, so uh, you were six? I was six, yeah. In 1980, following them ever since. Mm. 
for no reason at all. Simple as that. Yeah. We well, see my team. Where I used to, I was probably LA Raiders as a kid. Oh yeah, I had the was. hat and all the Forty ers Okay. So I'm probably still with Forty. I had a Forty ers jacket and a Raiders hat. Ah. Oh. You should have seen the kids at school when I turned up with my my San Francisco Forty ers jacket. It was gold. With gold with the a red set, and white the, hoops. The, oh, a kind of um, a furry gold or a, like a satiny gold? Satiny gold. Oh, oh mate. mate. The kids actually saw me walking onto the onto the field yeah. playing, playing, and they were playing cricket and they ran across the field to come and look. Look at the shiny. Yeah. Oh. I was the man. Anyway, former New England Patriot says he crashed his car to avoid being cut from the team by Bill Belichick, the coach, when he was late for practice. Long-time New England's Patriot head coach Bill Belichick has a reputation for wanting things done his way, to include not being late for anything, no matter what the excuse is. Former Patriots lineman Rich Ornberger found himself in a predicament and knew he was going to be late for practice because he overslept. I wake up, my phone had died overnight, and I realize I'm waking up to the sound of birds chirping and not my alarm. I am frantic. I don't even bother looking at the clock. I know I'm late. I'm five minutes to being officially late, and I've got a 15-minute drive ahead of me. I'm going to be 10 minutes late for this day. I have this sinking feeling in my stomach like, I'm going to be cut. Belichick's not going to have me on this football team come tomorrow. What do I do? Mm. Instead of fessing up and fearful of being released, Ormberger is drafted by the Patriots in the fourth round of the 2009 draft and played there until 2011, did what any non-rational human would do. He decided to have a little fender bender. I see a church van in front of me that's all dinged up and it's got the black smoke coming out of the exhaust and I'm like, I'm going to hit this car. (laughs) It's better to pay the insurance and embarrass myself by being late for a Patriots meeting. So, I rear-ended him. (laughs) And I claimed... I didn't hit him hard, and I made sure to get proof of the accident just in case someone asked about my tardiness. I paid the elderly man in the other vehicle, and I kept my job. I won. He won. He won. It's a victory, Beef. It's a victory for the oversleepers. Yeah. Yeah. Great work. So well, he, uh, uh, he pulled that one out of nowhere, really, didn't mate, he? Got yeah. creative. Yeah. Got creative. Very cunning. Cunning, cunning. You ever man. been late and made an excuse, Rob? Uh, or, or faked an excuse? I think I ha- would have, definitely. Yeah. Um, but but mostly, no, I take it on the chin. Exactly right. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Wholeheartedly take yeah. it on the chin. I, I would have been v- very Fess young. Up, people. I think maybe as a little boy, I might have tried to make oh, up a lie. Oh, that's the old like. days. Yeah, but no, generally, I just say, say straight up. No, I think so. Not a great one for that. Um, I'm probably a little bit too direct sometimes. Okay. Perhaps I could, if I could find a white lie, it would be better. Hmm. I'm not okay. talking about just being late. I'm talking about many other things. Yeah. I can't think of too many I've done. I'm generally, uh, I've gone through those bad times, Rob. I'm trying to yeah, be straight You're up. trying to be a better person yeah, across the board. I try and be. It's always, you take the, take the direct route, even for a short-term pain, but for long-term solution. That's it. Yeah. Short-term pain, long-term gain. That's what they always say. Yeah. What's coming up, Rob? They, they're all good. They've got all sorts of things today, don't they? Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, after my huge win on the horses. you got golf in the morning? I've got golf in the morning, oh, 7.30, yeah. tee off. Played nice. a bit rubbish on Friday, unfortunately. Okay. I, was, I was going all right, and then just I missed the short putt for par on the 7th, and that just triggered off the bad putting again. Oh, no. Man. I figured out when I putt bad, it's when I start, and the greens go from wet to dry, and they dry out. Oh, that's... When, when the greens are that's dry. Tough. 
dry for everyone, mate. Yeah, well, the, I know that. But but when the greens are dry, I, I putted. Pr- that's when I putted well. Oh, okay. You like a quick green, a true a, green, just a true, a true green. green. Yeah, that's yeah, right. just yeah, consistent. Yeah. I mean, the, the course, honestly, yeah. it was so boggy on Friday. I really was. I was away all week, so it. I wouldn't know. Did you have bad weather? Shit, too. I had sunrise. It was rain. sun. Uh, this big oh. orange thing in the sky in yeah. Queensland. I didn't know what it was. It's more of a yellow. And I was driving around. <laughs> It's winter, it becomes orange. Uh, anyway, white. It was 26 degrees on yeah. Friday, Rob, up in wow. Brisbane. Well, I don't know. This has just been just well, a casual When you're out foot. tomorrow, Rob, yeah. on the way home tonight, make sure you go and get a slab of Jack Link's Beef Jerky. It is the golfer's companion. Every good golfer should have Jack Link's in their bag. I had no idea. It comes in slabs, beef. Comes in a big slab. Yeah. It definitely does. Good. Anyway, go and get your Jack Link's Beef Jerky because... If you're a golfer, if you're a sports fanatic, it is... There's no AFL this weekend, is there? They're having a week off. Bye round. Yeah. It's all about the horses. It's all about the horses, apparently. So, if you're watching the horses on Saturday afternoon in your pants like Rob will be, go and get yourself some Jack Link's beef jerky. It's the best beef jerky you can possibly imagine. Awesome. <sighs> i got nothing more. So, food of astronauts, Rob! Yeah. So, food of astronauts! Yeah. yeah. Uh, by the way, Very Elegant that. came last in France on the weekend. Yes. They're not too concerned right now, but they're just getting used to you, the European way of the horse. This needed a few things to sort. It, it never starts with a 2000. No. It's mental. Anyway, so, if you're uh, looking at the progress of uh, Very Elegant, then uh, we'll keep you up to date. Mm. All right. This has been episode 261 of the greatest non-sports sports radio show on the planet, 365 days of sport. See you next week.